0: Clay, on the list of Jeffrey Combs's Star Trek performances, which includes such standout performances as Wayun, Brunt FCA, that guy in that DS9 episode who took nudie pictures of Kira, uh, Shran from Enterprise, which we're currently covering. Agamus is the name of his character in uh, one of the episodes of Star Trek Lower Decks we're going to be covering. Where does Agamus stand on the list of Jeffrey Combs' performances for you? If you can remember the last two, the guy who took uh, the nudes and uh, whatever other one I was
1: going to s- yeah, I was going to say, I don't remember that one at all.
0: <laughs> he, he might not have been um, on that episode, actually. I can't remember. So higher been than enough. that one. Yeah.
1: He's, he's uh, way I, I think, think uh I think this performance was great. I thought it was really, really good. I, um, he, he clearly was having a good time. But weirdly enough... One of his more restrained performances, I thought. Yeah, it (laughs) is. You you would think like, oh, voice acting, Jeffrey Combs, he's going to go even further over the top than before. But I think it's like since he doesn't have the use of his face, Mm -hmm. he kind of like everything kind of tones down a little (laughs) bit because he can't like do like, you know, the big facial expressions and stuff to – to match the, the dialogue. So I, I thought it was a great performance and I, I hope this character comes back. Well,
0: I, you'd think the, the animation would be the ultimate mask of face makeup for him. Like it totally hides him as a character and he can yeah. just express himself. I think it's probably not to to get into it too much, but it's probably the fact that the Agamus character is is kind of, it's, he's a funny joke, but he's a one note joke. It's basically that joke over and over again. So sure, his, sure. his performance has to kind of mimic that, I think. But Let's get into it. We're going to be talking about two episodes today. The first one is called Where Pleasant Fountains Lie. The seventh episode of Lower Decks' second season came out on September 23rd, 2021. Written by Garrick Bernard and directed by Jason Zurich in Universe Date Unknowns 2381. And this one Mariner and Boimler are stranded on an uninhabited planet with a sentient computer. That's the Combs' performance we just talked about. On the Ceratos, Lieutenant Commander Billups must prove his engineering abilities to an old adversary. The second episode we're going to be talking about is called "I Excretus." It is the eighth episode of the second season. It came out on September thirtieth, twenty twenty-one. Written by Ann Kim, directed by Kim Arnt. In universe State is unknown. It's twenty three eighty one. In this episode, a consultant arrives on the USS Ceratose to run drills that require the lower deckers and bridge crew to swap duties. All right. To start this off with, I feel much more positive about these two episodes than I do the last two that we did the last episode. I think that these two were much better as a pair. And um, I, I guess I'll open it. These were probably my favorite of the podcast recordings we've done like i'm, I'm just, the episodes themselves are kind of blurring in my head i don't really remember well, don't get if, ahead
1: of yourself we just started the recording i don't know if this is the best <laughs> podcast recording we've ever done this is the I
0: best mean, thing that's ever happened uh the downloads calling our shot <laughs> with this one. Downloads are off the charts five minutes in i'm calling it i thought this was the best pair of episodes that we've done as a podcast uh of this season yes. so far
1: yeah yeah most
0: positive yeah i would agree um I
1: I I really liked both of these. I think I liked the first one a little bit more. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought they were both really good. I, I really enjoyed them quite a bit.
0: It's a it's one of those things. Like I, I think that one of our criticisms was in the last one that they weren't riding jokes hard enough, and the first one here felt mm. like a direct response to that criticism. It was two storylines that rode their jokes for a while. Uh, the sentient computer that's going to try to kill everybody Mm -hmm. and is trying to trick you to make it plug it into the computer and then the um the billups joke which is the paul Shear voiced engineer character who comes from a a spacefaring like fantasy land (laughs) where everything is very um fantastical and like fairy powered and queens and princes and everything like very medieval i guess would be a better way to describe it but it feels fantastical is it a
1: is that a, is it a callback to a TOS thing? I don't think so. Because he no, because the way that they mentioned uh, when uh, I forget who says it, but the little bit of exposition they gave, where they're like, "Oh, that's the planet where everybody moved, where someone moved medieval times to, and that's just what they built their society around." I thought that was a direct callback to a TOS episode, but I guess I could be. Wrong. I
0: don't think so. Um- I just assumed it was no, it but, doesn't say you know. anything here that it is. It feels like it could be generic enough to be a okay. callback, but I think it's just that they are um the titles a quote from Shakespeare's erotic poem Venus and Adonis, so maybe that maybe that is all that you need to go on it, but it doesn't say here that it's based maybe. on anything uh oh yeah
1: okay um yeah i uh the what was really interesting to about the first one is it kind of hit a couple points that I think. As I was watching it, I was like, "Man, I feel like obviously they didn't because a not that many people listen to the show, right. and b <laughs> uh, and everyone who does, we love you, thank you. Uh, and b this is not how animation works, but I I, I kind of felt like they were hitting a lot of stuff that we very specifically talked about, and some and I kind of got my wires crossed a little bit because the one thing that they hit that I I was really happy that they hit. <clears throat> I thought was a criticism that we had leveled against Lower Decks, but I realized I think it was a criticism of Enterprise. And what they did in this that I really liked was they did the two characters, send them on a mission, and have the mission act as sort of like the catalyst and the the, uh, the back and forth. For them to get at some of their their character issues, sure. Because in this one you had you had them on like, like the quark the quark, is it the quark and uh, uh, Odo thing where they're you know on the planet by themselves that kind of shit
0: crash on the mountain um, they have to climb the yeah, mountain yeah yeah.
1: <clears throat> yeah they were doing that kind of thing with with Boimler and and Mariner and uh Agamas in Agamas. the middle I guess yeah is that his name Agamas. Um and I I I like that I thought that stuff was good and I liked that the. The the triple the A B and C plot structure they had was a little bit more streamlined, where it was really only an A and B. There was a little bit of C, um, but it C was really kind of a part of B. What's the C plot? So it didn't the I would say. The Tendy and Rutherford thing, where it's Rutherford's oh, okay. got to get out of his comfort zone, so like it's like just a little yeah. bit, but it's like it's it's so much part of the B plot that it barely registers that it's as its own line. Yeah, it's a but character moment for ten, it is
0: a character moment for Tendy based on Rutherford's plot. I guess would be the way that I would describe yeah. it. Yeah,
1: yeah, Um, And so that was that was good. I I, I think the casting in this episode was great. Uh, there's some weird meta casting casting Paul Sheer and his wife as his mother which is oh is that strange. was
0: that uh june diane Ray- or <laughs> yeah. what right name is? Oh, yeah so interesting okay that yeah. makes sense yeah <laughs> um
1: but she was she was great jeffrey combs was great uh yeah i thought that the the jokes were good the i think the my favorite joke was the uh at the very end of the uh after boimler reveals what he had he's done uh Agamus freaks out and he he says I'm he's going to blind him and then yeah. he just clicks the lights, the lights on and off. <laughs> that was very He's been good.
0: attached to the uh, the dimmer is the most control that he has over that.
1: Oh and uh the bla- I enjoyed the black licorice joke as well. That was pretty good.
0: Yeah, I like the uh the this the water drink tastes like black licorice is a good payoff. To- yes. As <laughs> <laughs> yes, they have to they have to drink it. I I liked the focus of this one. It felt like you're saying just a response to every problem that I've had with it so far, which is that it felt more like a Star Trek parody in a lot of ways. Like, It, yeah. it didn't yeah. feel like it was just a let's reference all this stuff that is in Star Trek. It felt more right. like it was like a, an original creation that was in the Star Trek universe and in some ways felt more Star Trekky than a lot of the stuff that they've done, which is like, yeah. you know, the the mm-hmm. alien computer. I like, a little minor touch I like is that um, Boimler has to carry around the computer like it's a baby on his little, like, the little uh, chest-carrying thing as they're walking around mm-hmm. with him. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, Combs is good. I feel like the computer is kind of a one-note joke, but I thought that the performance was good enough that it carries the joke of like, oh, just put me over there next to the computer and I'll be safe over there. You don't have to worry about anything. Um, yeah. It reminded me a bit of um did
1: you ever watch Aquatine Hunger Force just back in the occasionally uh, in the day? yeah <clears throat> did you ever see the uh the one with the cube the glowing uh, cube was like thing multicolored yeah 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 it was like a multicolored cube that they thought was like the smartest thing in the universe but it was just like a shitty frat guy yeah. <laughs> like it <Yeah>. kind of reminded <laughs> me of that a little bit
0: <clears throat> yeah yeah the the sheer uh, the um the billups plot line i thought was good I think that I do have – I mean, to, to stick with the positive source before, I do think that these two episodes share something that I see as kind of a criticism. But the positives of it is I thought this was the first one that I was – and I think we've been talking about like wishing to involve more of the uh, bridge crew and stuff like that because I feel like those characters mm-hmm. are kind of funnier in some ways than the Lower Decks cast. At least they have – they have stronger joke personalities that can kind of stick out in a plot line and you can build stuff around them. And it makes it a little bit more like overtly funny. Um Phillips mm-hmm. is a good character for that. I like this fantasy or queen medieval queen, king and queen type kingdom that he comes from is kind of funny. The joke is funny that his mother wants him to lose his virginity because once he does, he will be forced to become the king of the planet and be forced <laughs> to be called recalled from Star Trek. So here is my criticism that I think is also going to tie into the second episode that we'll get into. Uh, I felt a lot like after these were over, I felt like Mike from Breaking Bad in that famous scene where he explains his backstory to Walter. He says, "I took a half measure when I should have gone all the way." To me, mm-hmm. the the I thought there I thought we were in line for some really really good comedy, relatively adult but funny jokes in the. Phillips' up's plot line and in a lot of the stuff that we can talk about in the second episode and i don't feel that the show ever really grabbed the bull by the horns because yeah as yeah. you're saying the twitter feedback to this show is how can star trek do this how can it have naked people in the episode and i think that the show is stuck in this bad place of like here's a really funny joke, but we kind of have to PG it a little bit. And we can't go the whole sure, way sure. that would really make this kind of funny and absurd and over the top. I think the Billups storyline suffers the most from that because I was expecting a lot of, I expected every character from his home world to be trying to trick him to have sex with them somehow. And his like, whole plot would right, just be yeah. trying to avoid any of this happening. But it plays out much straighter than that. And I don't know if it really benefits what the joke is in the long run.
1: Yeah, that joke in and of itself kind of was a little bit, um, well, I don't know because I mean, sort of the point of him going there was un- that it was under the auspice of we're not trying to do that anymore. Yeah, we respect you as an engineer. So if they were, to, if everybody were to do that, it might, it kind of, I guess, it kind of undercuts the 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 smoke screen that they're putting up. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so I can I can understand why they. Why well, they wouldn't do that in that particular in that particular instance? Yeah,
0: um, I felt but it even so. Out. Yeah, that was like I, I feel that the the ending joke that he basically just can't perform felt like a little bit of like a, a cop out almost. Like it felt it was like oh, okay, it's like I, I understand that that's a joke and it's kind of funny, but it's not it's not building to a point where it's like oh this is really clever and this is kind of an interesting escape that they can get out. It almost. It almost didn't feel like a joke, really, at that point. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's it is a joke, but it's it doesn't feel like you've built to a situation where uh, the cleverness of the situation and the characters are going to allow you to escape it in the kind of a novel way. So it it just felt like a a little bit of a letdown. I think to tie it into the second one, I think that the one that sticks out to me is that you know Boimler is going through this whole Borg thing where he keeps trying to get the perfect score in this Borg simulation but the at the end of it the Borg capture him because he can't leave the holodeck because the crew has to do their thing so he, he's stuck in there and mm-hmm. they do this whole assimilation thing i was expecting for like a montage of horrible stuff to happen to him yeah. in this you know <laughs> just to like to really break down what we've been saying about how it's really traumatic to be assimilated by the Borg and they yeah, imply yeah. it but they don't go very far with it you know it's like then that would have been you would have understand his trauma having to stumble out of the holodeck after that. And then he's like a completely shaken person by what happened to him, even though it was fake. And I feel that the show there didn't really go all the way with what it was trying to do either for, for, um, yeah. In a way that hurt the jokes.
1: Yeah. Like if you got a, a montage of all the atrocities that he committed while he was, a uh, assimilated as a yes. Borg. Yeah. Uh, and then they pull back out and he's like, no, I'm, I'm fine. Right. You know, a single
0: tear rolls down his um, cheek or something. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, the the weir- I think the weird thing about the 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 first episode, like their the sex joke, is that I kept expecting and I, I feel like they kind of set it up this way, but it was kind of kind of vague, so I wasn't really sure what to think of this society. but i I got the impression that it was like a really fucky society. like everybody right. was horny, but they didn't really do that. And it was just about him. And so like I kept kind of waiting for that to come back and and some and you know but it, it never it never did. Like I think I think the way that I would have changed that final joke would have been not that he's he can't get it up but that like Rutherford comes in and sees the two guards going at it and he just looks over at Paul Shear's character and he's like I don't know, I was ready to go right. but they just <laughs> couldn't keep their hands off each other but yeah. I just never they just forgot all about me. Um so yeah, so it's <clears throat> it, it seemed a little bit like it was the 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 punchline w- w- at, at the end was a, a kind of in search of more of a setup I yeah. guess. Um <clears throat> but uh but aside from that I thought it was I thought it was pretty solid and and the yeah, I I think in the second one they went further with some stuff and probably not as far as they could have gone with other stuff. Like obviously, like the the naked the naked now yeah. naked time thing was probably about as far as you could push that on, on in a on cartoon. Yeah. yeah, On on this, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, to the point. I mean, that spread eagle shot with the 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 black box yeah. over his over his junk was very quick. It was even it's a it quick was like cut. a half a it was. Yeah, it was like a half a second shot, too, and people still pulled it out and were appalled by it for some reason. It's like, come on, give me a fucking break.
0: Well, I I guess that's the... I'd be totally... I'd be all for the show going more blue in that way, like making it more... Like, Mm -hmm. it's clearly not a a children's cartoon show. That's what Prodigy is supposed to be. So I... I feel that just in these two episodes, I really felt that the show was pushing against something and it was being held back because it's like, this isn't what the audience wants to see on the show. And I'm sitting there going like, go further. Like, this is the best idea that you guys have had so far. You need to just keep pushing it to make this even more um, comedic and make it really stick out. And like, Mm -hmm. I shared your, that's why I thought that the the trickery of the Billups family stuff was because I was getting the in- intense vibe that everyone on that planet was horny. Like that's the thing. It's like a medieval right. fuck fest yeah. basically. And right. e- even the first yeah. time you see the guards, they're kind of like leaning over them and they're, they're clearly sexually drawn. And so they're like, you know, they're, you, you get the sense that this is going to be building to something. And well, I think, I think in retrospect though,
1: on like second watch or when I was thinking about it after it was like, Oh, yeah, they look like they're horny, but I think it's just them like constantly smirking because they know what's going yeah. on. Like, I think it's them smirking because they know that w- that they're p- trying to pull one over on them. It's not that they're all, you know, sexy. Well, spoiler, and it also, but, um, it, it led to the... Although they do make, that one guard does make a couple double entendres about swiping his key card or something. Yeah,
0: what, or. what is this? Is, is, he's going to work he's, he's like, we got to fix this thing from the bottom up. And she's like, you can work on my bottom up or whatever it is, but... uh yeah, but the yes, two of them. Yeah. So the male and the female guard, like the way that the way that it kind of struck me as, um, not what I was expecting is that at the very end they have the male and the female guard both trying to sleep with this guy Billups at the same time, right? And so the way that I was reading Chauncey Billups, I know he's it is, that's all I can think about is Chauncey Billups, great, great five years in Boston or whatever he had. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe even less in Boston. Yeah. Drafted with Ron Mercer. The Patino era. Larry Bird isn't walking through oh, that boy. door. We got Chauncey Billups coming in. Um, the two of them are naked and ready to fuck him at the end of the episode. Uh, and I, I understood that because the way that those characters were portrayed from the beginning, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, these people are very sexual. This is the way that things work. By the end of it, though, right. it actually felt more to mm-hmm. me that it was a... Um, like politically correct maneuver to have a male and a female character like so that you're not limiting the option of what he's going to do but it doesn't come across in the way that this sure. planet is just so sexual that everyone has sex with each other and in, like gender and sex is sort of irrelevant to them. It felt more like it yeah. was an, an attempt to just say like who can say mm-hmm. what Billups, the cartoon character, cares about, you know? And it's just, I, I was expecting yeah. it to be more funny- and the reason for those two characters to be there at the end is because their whole job is to do this kind of like their whole raison d'etre is to hook right, up yeah. with this guy.
1: I mean, it's if that's the case it's actually smart on his mom's on his mom's side for just being like, yeah, let's just cover all the bases yeah, just, in just in case you, we don't know what he's into.
0: Yeah, exactly. Lay every trap possible that could get this guy. And it seems yeah. like that would make sense to me. Yeah. Bill <laughs> is, is Bill supposed to be sexy except he goes about trying to mess like because he combs his hair a little bit in this and i was like i thought they made the cartoon look a little bit sexier and i don't know if his mustache and general yeah, appearance is I supposed to be a disguise
1: that was another reason why i was a little bit confused by the society because it was like he he runs his hands through his hair and it sweeps back into this kind of like suave manicured yeah. look that kind of makes him look a little hotter yeah, a heroic and i look, thought it yeah. was supposed to be like oh Now he's going back to where he's from, which is a place full of hot, sexy people, and so he just rustles his hair, and now he's hot. I thought he'd take the mustache off uh, like a
0: fake mustache. You know, it would be like the mustache is just (laughs) like like a little bit of a disguise. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Yeah.
1: like in UHF. (laughs) Pulls the mustache
0: off. (laughs) Call back to Defiant Riker. Riker taking his uh, his uh, mutton chops. Oh right, yes. Do you think he's supposed to be? Is it a disguise? I don't think it's hinted at. I, I think that would be interesting. I think that's no, kind of a funny thing to do for No, him. I... Th-
1: I don't think it's a disguise. I just think it's just a... You know, he, he combs his hair a certain way when he's off-world, and then mm. it's a sign of him going back to, to where he's from is when he gets his
0: sexy yeah. hair back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought it was... I thought it was good. Um, The evil... I mean, Combs' performance is very good, just to get back to the, the Mariner and Boimler thing. I... I suppose I like that plot just because it didn't stick out to me as strongly as they were trying to shove a Mariner and Boimler plot down my throat as it felt a natural mission that these two might be on. And I yeah. thought that the computer yeah. was funny enough and enough of a side character. Like, I guess it pointed out something about Lower Decks previously that I never really thought about is that a lot of the tertiary characters that get dragged along is kind of the plot device have not really been all that interesting to me. And this computer was the first one right. that I was like, oh, he's actually kind of funny by himself. Like a lot of the other previous plots are just kind of like a, a nebbish alien or some, kind of like a nervous guy or someone who does something else. And it's like, well, this right, is not really right, good. Yeah, but the, yeah. the computer was a funny idea, so I thought it worked well with them.
1: Yeah, I think the computer worked is. I think the the drill sergeant character is more in line in what with what you're talking about they usually do, where it's just kind of like yeah, this is yeah. fine it's not really it's a tertiary character that's kind of involved in the plot, not really it's kind of a it's a generalized new alien unless that's an alien that has been Star Trek before right. I don't know I've never seen that before, but um and doesn't really have a
0: ton to do. Can you talk about the consultants uh, in Jeff the second Combs, episode the one where the, yeah, okay, yes,
1: yeah. yeah. Uh whereas Jeffrey Combs had a ton of stuff to do and he was, you know, pretty integral with the story. Yep.
0: Let's I guess we'll talk about the second one and moving on. Uh you thought I, did you did I hear right? You thought that like do you like the first one better, first episode better?
1: Yeah, I did um I, I I did really like the second one as well. I think I liked the first one a bit more just because I was I was just. It it seemed like an episode of Star Trek. Like it was structured well. It it worked as a uh, as an episodic, um, sci-fi story that you'd see. Like if you took the jokes out of that episode, it would it would be a solid episode of Star Trek. Like a down the middle episode of Star Trek, and uh, um, I think I was just more. That stood out to me a bit more than the second one because the second one relies a lot on reference stuff, which I didn't think was bad because I, I thought all the references they made were pretty good and pretty funny. Um, but it just – it, it it felt more like a,
0: uh, a, a spectacle Yeah, it feels artificial. Where the
1: one before – yeah. yeah, where the one before us felt more like it was like, okay, we're going to do a Star Trek episode.
0: Yeah, I, I I can appreciate that. I think that for... for I, w- I would agree with that in that the, the second one is kind of a gimmick-driven thing that is like, okay, this is where the show yeah. normally gets a lot of its humor from, where the first one felt more like it was a story narrative that was working uh, within the context of what Lower Decks does. I think the weakest part of the second one is once they get out of the holodecks and they go on actual dangerous missions to show the consultant how dangerous things can be. That completely mm-hmm. took the wind out of my sails about the episode. It's like, this is, I don't like yeah. this at all. Like I don't, I wish this was not the way I want to go back to the holodeck because the holodeck was actually kind of funny and it's, it's a little bit universe breaking or like doesn't feel t- the, the context of the holodeck stuff doesn't feel true to what they're actually doing when they go out on this brave mission. It feels like it's like a mishmash of uh, ideas about what the show is capable of. And it just, it really yeah. killed me. I really didn't like that segment at all of trying to show the consultant what real danger is on this planet and stuff like that. I much preferred the jokes in the holodeck.
1: Yeah. I wish that the, the solution to the problem had involved the holodecks because it was such a crucial central point like instead of instead of them going off on an, a real adventure i, I kind of was hoping that they would basically cycle cycle the administrator through the different holodecks and all the different situate you know that yeah. kind of thing like throwing her into the borg situation or throwing her into the mirror universe you know um just uh yeah because once they started just jump bouncing around and in, in, in space it was like yeah a it didn't, it didn't really I, – I wasn't totally sure even why they were doing yeah. it. I, I'm trying to remember now why
0: they were doing it. I don't I don't honestly remember other than to prove the consultant wrong or something. They were just doing it.
1: Yeah. They were just doing it to convince her that she should give them all a passive yeah. grade, which kind of – especially since they had the, the great added bit of Bormler has to stay inside <laughs> the thing. Right. Yeah. I thought that yeah. was great. Uh-huh but but it didn't it didn't serve any like direct outcome like it was just he had to stay in there until it, they decided it was time for him to yeah. come out you know what i mean so it would have been it would have been nice if they had linked <clears throat> they had linked the solution more to the holodecks and like beating beating that system other than just Tooling around space and and uh, and making
0: someone scared. Yeah, that, that's why of the black holes and stuff. That's why I was surprised they didn't go further with the Boimler assimilation bit because his story doesn't really have anything other than the comedy of being stuck in the situation. It's like he he doesn't accomplish anything for them by being stuck in there. He just can't get out of it. Yeah. So I, my yeah. take would be you have to put him through hell while he's in there because none of it's real. But it's all just like this nightmarish like dream situation <laughs> that he finds himself in. And it was a great payback to his confidence and cockiness of trying to get the perfect score in that the entire time is that he stays in for so long trying to get the perfect score that it all comes back to haunt him, which um, kind of feels like thematically appropriate to the Borg in like a real true sense of what the Borg are. It's like they'll they'll keep coming. And even if you get the best of them, you're only just... You know, you're flipping a coin, and you've got five heads in a row, but you're eventually going to flip a tails, and things aren't going to work out for you. Kind of like the Romulan badge yeah. part of Picard, right? That's exactly that's exactly yes, what that yeah, is. Yes.
1: Um, yeah i I think I would have. Do you uh, Do you watch Rick and Morty? Yeah, I can't every remember. once in a while. Not Not all of them. Have you seen Have you seen the episode with with the the Roy video game?
0: No, I don't think so.
1: So, <laughs> I forget I forget how they end up doing this, but it's like. It's it, it, you watch this guy's entire life. It's kind of like inner light, basically, where you watch this guy's entire life. And then at the end, you realize that the entire thing was Morty playing a video mm-hmm. game, like a really immersive video yeah. game. And it's like devastating. <laughs> um, and I was kind of hoping they would do something like that, where they pull Boimler out at the end and ask him if he's OK. And then it goes into his brain and you see this like elongated sequence where you see all the stuff that happened to him as a Borg. Yeah. And all of the the crazy shit and awful stuff that he had to do, and then they just pull out at the end, and he's like, "Yeah, no, I'm, I'm fine." Yeah. like just so, something like so extended and over the top and 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 ridiculous, showing all the shit that he had to live <laughs> through, and now he's been ripped out of it <laughs>
0: for really no reason for this minor like consultancy. Yeah, yeah, thing. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he comes out pretty good uh, at the other end. Did you like that? You like the jokes of the holodeck? I thought the jokes were. It's weird because I understand what you're saying, which is that it feels kind of um, like the show doing – it's almost like this show's version of a clip show, which is to choose funny bits and not really connect to the jokes in a narrative. It's just like we can now cut between all these different references and that'll be kind of funny. So I can I can I appreciate I understand it being kind of a weaker script in that it's not as clever, but I thought that the jokes were some of the best ones that they've done in terms of just referential humor for me anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I actually thought this was the finale. I thought mm. this was the season finale because yep. it has that kind of vibe to it. Like I believe <clears throat> I think last year's season finale. Was the one where they really where it's kind of meta about the movies and stuff. The one that that I think we both really liked, and so this had kind of a similar vibe where it's like it's the end of the year, let's just do some fun shit and just throw everything we can in here. I that I thought that's what was going on, Um, but yeah, like I I think I I, my favorite joke was probably the Western Planet joke because it had the 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 ground to. Ground to sky, red yeah. background, and also you could see that all of the buildings were just facades, yep. like they were yep. a set, which I thought was really good. Direct, uh, direct reference um, to the
0: Shadow of a Gun, of TOS, which, yeah. Right, um, right. Same down to the uh, the color. Yeah, I thought sky. that stuff
1: was good. Uh, I thought the Naked Time stuff was, was pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought I thought it was solid. I like the mirror I, universe. I I, I stuff. actually really I like the, Just the yeah, how dare yeah.
0: you do- <laughs> was it? she says she's which is just like, Who says this to me? She like, I do. He's like, Oh, okay. This keeps keeps walking through or whatever. Yeah. It's, I thought the mirror <laughs> universe stuff was probably my favorite mirror universe in what, ten years yeah. of the doing this show or something yeah. at this point? Yeah. Yeah. Basically, yeah.
1: Uh, the one that I liked when it started, but I feel like they kind of lost control of at the end, was the Klingon joke.
0: Yes, yeah, started like, strong. I, I really, started I, really strong. I, yeah, yeah.
1: Really liked that idea that she had to, <laughs> what did it say? You had to. She has to navigate basically honorably yeah. euthanizing yeah. a Klingon or something yeah. like that, which is a great setup. Um, but then they kind of lost it, and it it got I don't know it it wasn't really working for me at the end because I wasn't even sure what happened. By I thought the end I of it. thought it
0: picked up. I, I I thought it kind of went on an arc where it was like really strong, and it went on for a little bit, and it got weaker. But once the other doctors came in and had inverted what they were trying to do, and they were just saying like like die, damn it instead of the live live things at doctors. I thought it picked it up a little bit there, but there's a a portion before then where the joke it just kind of hits that family guy thing of like, they do it for a little bit and then it starts being funny, but then it comes back in with new characters and new energy and it becomes a little bit more funny. Um, but I, yeah. did, I just, I, you know, the doctors talked about like, he has so many kidneys and so many hearts. It's like impossible to kill this guy. Or whatever. Yes, like yeah. it's, it's that kind of a, 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 obviously a reference to Worf when he breaks his back in that TNG episode, but. Um, oh, really? I yeah. didn't even
1: realize that was a direct reference. Yeah. He wants.
0: um Yeah. Worf wants Riker to kill him because he's crippled
1: uh, in that episode. Oh, I see. So
0: that's this. Uh, what else? Was, yeah, there was this the was. Borg, these were- and then is that it? There's the Borg, the Western, the ethics of killing somebody and the senior officers going uh, something. What do they do? They stack. They stack. Oh, the stuff. senior. Yeah, the senior
1: officers has had to stack the weird shaped <laughs> things while there was a queue running around, and and. Uh, it's like the commanding officer going, going, "Oh my
0: god, and- Dar. <laughs> he just runs something yeah. had to stack the, stack those blocks. Yeah. Up yep. Pretty. fun. Yeah,
1: it was good. Like it was, it was, it was good stuff. It was. Uh, you could tell they were having fun doing it, and I thought the jokes that they were telling were referential like good referential jokes yeah. like it was i i definitely uh i i definitely was laughing more at stuff than my girlfriend was when we were watching this um the second one or
0: just because the, oh, both of them in general
1: i would say the second one probably more because it was so reference heavy that it was and there was a lot of like throwaway quick stuff that i was chuckling at that i i don't think yeah. she landed with her at all yeah. um you know barely landed with me because they were doing it so quickly yeah. but yeah
0: yeah, I. I but she you, you preferred the first one. I guess is is the the other way of saying that.
1: I would. Yeah, I would. I would say no. so. Um,
0: I actually don't know. That's a good question. No, because I, I would have. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, I think you had mentioned she liked the last two, and I would have thought. That, mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, 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 I'm, I'm. I personally try to stay away from my critique or my review being like. I like the jokes because I get them kind of thing. Like, I don't think that the show right, should do right, that. Right. So I'd be interested yeah. just because, as we were saying, I did think that the first one felt like the best script that the show has done to this point. Um, yeah. So maybe not uh, for other people, but for me anyway.
1: Well, I think, I think a show like this is at its best when you don't need to get those jokes. Yeah. I mean, those jokes really should be there for uh people who know to know but it shouldn't sacrifice the rest of the 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 right. the show because of it like for instance the episode where he gets caught in the transport where Bormley gets caught in the transporter that's going to be funny even if you've never seen the Tom Paris yes. episode uh, not Tom Paris Tom uh, the, uh, Tom Riker. Tom
0: Riker. yes and um Scotty gets stuck in the transporter beam too yeah oh yeah that's just a funny the cloning thing yes is is second yeah
1: yeah like that's that's going to i think that that lands regardless of if you know what yes. they're referencing but there are other stuff like a guy running in and saying oh my god the gem hadar yeah. isn't going to land right. with someone who's never watched star trek uh, deep space nine yeah
0: no that, that that's that's a good point anything else to talk about the second one
1: well the one thing i did want to talk about is i saw people resp- responding negatively to the the naked time naked now sequence uh, the grifters
0: i will say it's the, the star trek grifters are the ones that responded i, I was oh, getting yeah, the sense it's more yeah. the uh the grift of complaining about where star trek is gone than it wasn't coming from a puritanical i like star trek and this is wrong point of view from what i could see so to be fair mm-hmm.
1: well either either way it's i was thinking about it because I, I was thinking about this in response to those those, uh uh, responses whether or not they were genuine or not sure um but i was thinking about this as like why why does this stuff we've talked about this before why does this stuff work okay for us on this show but not on discovery and then i was like well you know i think i think you can get away with this stuff if it's not the flagship show of the brand and then i started thinking what what is the flagship show of the brand at this point of the of the new era new trick, yeah yeah, is it Discovery? I mean this this is Lower Decks. I think is the best show. Yeah, um, but it's clearly not the one that they are leading the charge with.
0: And people don't watch um, it.
1: I, I yeah, I've I've been noticing. I think I think they might be just kind of realizing that nobody gives a shit about this and they can do it like <laughs> yeah, right. I've, like in the last the first episode. I noticed this is just a tiny stupid thing and that is not really indicative of anything, but in the wall of supercomputers, one of the faces of the supercomputer was the CBS logo.
0: Oh, was it? And oh, so I've, I've
1: noticed them. Yeah. I've noticed them kind of taking shots a little bit at, at daddy, yep. so to speak. Yeah. And uh, I that usually feels like a show that, nobody's, that nobody cares about. They can just m- make fun of whoever they want. Right. But like, yeah, what what would you consider the the flagship of Star Trek right now? Because it's. I I don't know if it's Discovery, I don't know if it's Picard. Part of me wants to say it's still TNG. <laughs> <laughs> right? I like, w- I would agree
0: with that. Yeah. Well, I I guess it depends on your definition of flagship, but I I think that like working on the definition that that is like it is the show that they would parade out first as being like this is the show yeah. that's coming back. I think it's Discovery. Um Yeah. Discovery also because Discovery's tone has affected every other show except for Lower Decks that's come after it. Yeah, so it's like true. Discovery set the, the baseline for what things are supposed to be. I, I think it's far from the best show, though. Like, I think it's worse than yeah. Picard. I know that you disagree with me about that, but it is it is the worst show I don't think anything can come along and take its flagship status until it disappears, though. Like, Strange New Worlds won't do that. That'll always feel like a TOS thing. Like, it's a reboot of TOS. It's Mm -hmm. not an original product. Um, Lower Decks being animated is never going to get there. And Picard is... Picard feels like a miniseries to me. Like, they don't... It doesn't feel like they treat it like a real show. It's like, yeah, we just got... We've got Patrick Stewart, hopefully for three years. You know, it, it has that kind of an energy to it, and we'll see where it goes after that. But for me, it's Discovery. You would, you'd, you'd make an argument for a yeah. little or are you stuck with Discovery, unfortunately. No,
1: no, I think it would. I think it would be Discovery because I'm trying to think like if they were going to do one of those. Uh, this is what's happening in the world of Star Trek, like specials or something like that. Who would be the person they would get to host it? And it would probably be uh, Sonequa Martin-Green. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say Discovery. But it's, it's so strange, though, that like it, it's a having having that sort of like edgier content in a show that isn't the brand leading show. I feel like you get You can get away with so much more.
0: That's what I want. Right, I think to that's do.
1: probably one of the. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, isn't that isn't that really the reason why Deep Space Nine could get away with what they were doing? Is because the flagship was TNG
0: and Voyager, right? Yeah, they were they were pushing Voyager and Voyager, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It it is. I would that that's like, I guess what my real hope is because Lower Decks is fine and all, but my real hope is that there's a low key show that they don't really care about that is like it could be strange new worlds but strange new worlds is always going to have this kirk and pike and spock baggage attached to it if there was just some show that came out that was like completely divorced from the stuff we already know and it wasn't the main show that was being pushed at that time i feel like that's the show that will become the best version of what star trek will be in a modern sense you know it's like a um yeah it won't be prodigy because it's for kids and things like that. But there, and I don't want another show. But like that, if you feel I feel like you need that. Like Picard kind of felt like that should have been its thing. Picard should have been this sort of prestige miniseries that is like very short mm. run, short energy. It had a Pulitzer winning showrunner. You know, it's like they've got everything going yeah. for it, yeah. and it just comes out. It's like this is trash. This sucks. Like what, what the hell is this? And so I don't know if they're ever going to do it. I don't know if there's ever going to be something that will supplant Discovery as the flagship, and I don't think that there will be a show that will come up from underneath and bubble up to be something exciting at this point, mostly because they've done so many shows that it it would be really surprising. Yeah, I
1: I wonder if, if Lower Decks had been live action instead of animation, if maybe that could have been it. Because I I I do feel like in animation you get a lo- away with a lot just because like people just generally take it less seriously. Yeah. Um, like I I I've, I there's a podcast that I listen to who's been who's been bringing up the fact that uh, the Marvel What If show has made like basically zero impact on the the Discord. Like nobody yeah. talks about it. Right. Like, it's not like nobody cares about spoilers for it because I, I guess people are watching it, but nobody really cares sure. that much. Um, it's too much. <clears throat> whereas, if that was, yeah, I mean, well, I think it's just an animation thing. I think there's a certain level. Oh, sorry, of, they're of all disconnect. animated.
0: <laughs> that just shows my ignorance. I didn't realize they were all yeah. animated. Okay, <laughs> that makes sense.
1: Yeah, what if is entirely animated? And I think if it if it wasn't, I think if it was live action, it probably would have more more people paying attention to it. I and mean, that's not a mark of quality. Yeah, I think that's just a uh, there's a probably fewer people interested in animation, and there is more of a disconnect where uh the engagement of shows like the live action marvel shows or discovery or picard is a lot built into the story and animated shows aren't usually at least the modern animated shows probably well yeah i would say probably rick and morty ex- being the exception they're not really known for their long-form storytelling yeah. you know yeah um and that seems to be what what really gets people is is the journey in the story um is that why anime so, yeah. is so successful? I don't know. It's just, that's it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Huh. And I wonder if if uh Strange New Worlds uh I apologize if you can hear my dog eating directly behind me. <laughs> um if Strange New Worlds is straight up episodic and doesn't really have like an overarching thing, I wonder what the response will be. I mean, we've talked about that a million times before where it's like, you can still do it and like Doctor Who does it and people still like that show. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if if there is another show that comes up that is sort of like the, the Dark Horse sleeper show in a way that Lower Decks hasn't quite managed to make, is in the contention of being, yeah. but hasn't quite made it to that point.
0: It could be. Do you agree that... Do you agree the Strange New Worlds has baggage just because of its previous existing characters that it's drawing off of? Oh, definitely. Okay. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Will like it? I yeah. I,
1: <laughs> I like they have they have Captain Kirk burning a hole in their pocket right yeah. now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like how how long are they going to wait before someone says the name? <laughs> you know? <laughs> they they couldn't even make it through one season of fucking Discovery without playing the Enterprise card. Yeah, like it's gonna happen. It is. You know? Yeah,
0: and, it's inter- and you know the the Singh character Ensign Singh or whatever it is good. Singh, mm-hmm. and then. Mbenga and stuff like that. I actually like that. I think that's a a clever use of a character that does exist in TOS, but no one knows any goddamn thing except about his name and the fact that he's a black person. Like, those are the only things you know about Mbenga. Um, I, yeah, before we go out, it's just, the the thing that's going to sink Strange New Worlds is that Akiva Goldsman is the showrunner, and he seems like a fucking moron. Um, It's like, he, he just strikes me as someone who, has become. He's he's he works a ton, and I'm, I'm I don't look at his portfolio and go, "Wow, what a what a career this this person has had." He's, he seems like he's just he's yeah. just entrenched, and they will just get work uh, because he's he's worked. I understand. I'm not an idiot. He's worked on successful projects, right? So th- that's uh, like financially right, yeah. successful projects. So he gets this, but I don't really have any faith in him as a storyteller, uh, and. We'll say. If, if I were to rank them, I'm more excited for Strange New Worlds than the new seasons of Picard and Discovery, just because I don't know what is coming. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. But this episode, these two episodes, made me excited for more Lower Decks. It's reaffirmed my belief. I was I was down on the show, but I think I'm not even down. I was yeah. down in the I, sense that this is fine, but I don't know if I want to talk about this anymore.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping that. Uh they get even more ballsy and start taking shots at their own shows. Yes. Like I wanna see I wanna see more more Discovery jokes. I wanna see more Picard jokes. If nobody's paying attention, or if the perception is that nobody's paying attention, then do whatever you want, man. Go for it. Just just
0: it's all it's all it's all uh <clears throat> it's open season on everything. So that was where pleasant fountains lie and I excretus. <laughs> Which I don't I mean I, I understand the excretus is the 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 thing for excrete and Latin for it. I don't know if there's a joke beyond that, other than that's the Latin for yeah. it. I don't know yeah, what the cute is. I was
1: means. trying to th- I was trying to figure out. Yeah. I was trying to figure out if it had any meaning other than it was just like a poop joke for yeah, a <laughs> boar
0: <boring>, But <laughs> Special Oh, I guess I have to say the whole thing. Thank you for listening today. Support the show at patreon.com slash the Penske file. If you're so inclined, a couple dollars a month will get you extra stuff. We're going to be talking about this month. The hell we talk about? we talk about the. it's Halloween. It's October. So we're going to be doing some spooky stuff. Halloween, we're do, baby. We're doing you know what to do. The Fly from 1958. We're doing... Oh, excellent. I didn't, I didn't know that, actually. We're doing Schisms as a revisit, the TNG horror episode, which is actually, in my opinion, the scariest episode of Star Trek. And we're going to be doing Friday the Thirteenth, Part Ten, Jason X, Jason Space, yes,
1: yes, yeah, yes. So those are yep. all the things. And also, uh, and also on the twenty seventh, Amanda and I will be doing a uh, what's the word live stream where we talk about Halloween Kills, the oh. new Halloween
0: movie that's coming out next week. Spooky. That will be on the general YouTube channel. I would assume it's not Patreon. Yeah, yeah, that's that's not a Patreon thing. Cool. A- we also
1: actually we do have our first batass Patreon thing coming out this month, though. Where I think it'll be this month, uh, where it's uh, Sh- Sean is going to be talking about his secret history with why he doesn't work for Marvel Comics.
0: So if you want the dirt, which is
1: a it's a yeah, it's a pretty interesting story actually. Um, I won't spoil any of it here, but it's uh, it's surprising the the stuff that he he actually. Has gone through with that other company.
0: Hmm, interesting. So, if you want to know why Sean Murphy will never, in all caps, work for Marvel, you have to sign up. No,
1: for not never. That's a big part of it. Is that it's not. It's it's not that he has anything against them.
0: Never ever. Never ever until, until I know. Get, I know. Ri- I'm to get gotta, rid we of we that gotta, guy. We gotta
1: sell. <laughs> we got to sell for the clicks, man. <laughs> Tune in this month for Sean Murphy's Milk Toast Opinions about Marl.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He thinks the paper stock is too thick. He thinks the people that work there are okay. They're fine. It'd be nice to work with them occasionally. All right, so. The carpet in the office could use a vacuum, but aside from that, it's a pleasant place to be. Patreon.com slash the Penske for all that stuff. Apparently this is the busiest month in Patreon history. We're going to have a whole bunch of yeah. stuff. Special thank you to our captain, to your supporters. Samuel Custer, Tark Latif, Joint Mango, Andrew Sherlock, Cal uh, Barrett, Mike Burnett, Matthew Ross, Christian Pouch, Brandon Howells, Michael Pond, Matt Cutler, Nick Sergey, Grim Santo, Sean, Bradley Killens, Dwayne Hackett, Darth Musk, Vault 13 Hero, Kevin Reyes, Jordan Cooper, Russell L, Stephen Minton, HH28, Nick the Rat, Derek Zajak, Paul Roscoe, Jacob 123, Point Extra G, Patrick Seba, Dave Davies, Johnny Franceschi, Captain Brazen, Eric's Antoine, Jake's Gamer, Kevin Lowry, William Scheisler, Rahan Jaffer, Soyland Blue, Zane Majors, Olivia Pardue, Diz Brada, Ed Edmark Starr, Retail, Grapple, John Zorn, Tom Hickey, Jose Hunter, ZWMF, Remixes, Captain Munchausen, James, Glennon, Beal jonas next page <laughs> tommy tango tovix must die chris mclaughlin and mutilated puppet thank you very much everybody for supporting the show are we done enterprise continues next week we're with the second part of the augment arc which feels like we rec- recorded that no. two years ago but uh it's coming out oh wait
1: oh i'm sorry we are behind so you're saying well what's coming out i was gonna say we're well past yeah that. We're, we're well no well past we're, that. we're
0: not uh the second arc or the second episode of um the augment arc is the one that i forget what it's called cold station 12 is the one that's coming up uh a little bit of a teaser for that one we thought that was an extremely interesting episode (laughs) so you can can wait for that one um that's it and then the last two lower decks are the week after that so hope you guys enjoyed the season of lower decks clay do you have anything you want to say before we sign off for good uh, if you're if you're out there looking for a
1: spooky Halloween Kickstarter to back, I'm part of a uh, horror anthology called Memoirs of the Morbid, which is like a Tales from the Crypt kind of uh, uh, anthology comic throwback that I did. A, I did a cover for it with my Bloody Hell colorist, Russ Badgett, and I have a story inside that. This Kickstarter is running now, so if you get a couple bucks, throw it over there. And also, Bloody Hell, my book, comes out in stores next month november 13th i believe Mm -hmm. uh so if that's something you're interested keep your eyes open or tell your local comic book store that you
0: got to have it can you buy it online or does it have to be a physical store
1: (laughs) no you you should yeah i think so i mean you will be able to once it's out yeah okay as far as i know yeah Yeah. i've
0: seen i've seen the obviously it's good to support the local stores but i didn't know if there was some if publishing that way has some online ordering aspect to it that I, I was just unaware of
1: uh no, I think I believe once it is out out, I think you should also be able to get it on amazon oh, okay your, your local your local internet book distillery yeah, yeah. distributor <laughs> paper mill yeah uh <laughs> yeah. uh yeah, so keep your eyes open for that
0: if it doesn't have the great read on Kindle, you can't buy it. I only buy those. <laughs> so if it doesn't show up on my black and white paperweight Kindle, not going to buy
1: it. Want, I want five reviews on goodreads.com that all are five stars that say, haven't read it, plan to, looks great.
0: <laughs> Pick this up thinking it was a completely different book. One out of five stars. Um, Two
1: stars. Bought this for my son. He's seven years old.
0: Didn't read it. I was appalled. <laughs> So you guys can check out that, all the Patreon stuff. Content continues as usual. And I guess we're done. That's it. We're sub an hour for Lower Decks. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening. We will see you later.